Hello and welcome to the Matthew Rocky Show for this week of June 27th. Thanks so much for tuning in for the podcast this week. So much to cover as we begin with a look at some U.S. and world headlines. The Israeli parliament voted to dissolve itself this past Thursday, triggering new elections to be held in November and marking the country's fifth election in three and a half years. The unlikely coalition, which saw eight parties from the left, center, and right, united their goal to keep then-Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu out of power had in recent weeks been plagued by internal politics and members quitting, in turn making it harder to pass legislation. Thursday's 92-0 vote brings Prime Minister Neftali Bennett's governing coalition to an end, meaning the former Prime Minister served one of the shortest terms in Israeli history. He will stand down at midnight, and his coalition partner and former defense minister, Yair Lapid, will step in as the interim prime minister and lead a caretaker government on November 1st, when new elections will be held. The dissolving of the country's parliament comes as economic and regional security problems continue to mount in the nation, prompting political instability. It also paves the way for former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who is currently on trial for corruption, to return to power. Netanyahu has denied any wrongdoing. A bust of President Abraham Lincoln and a plaque of the Gettysburg Address has been removed from the Cornell University Library following a complaint, according to reports. Randy Wayne, a professor of biology at Cornell, said the library had removed the display after someone complained, according to the higher education news website College Fix. The bust of Lincoln and the bronze plaque of the Gettysburg Address one of the most revered and widely quoted speeches in American history, has been on display in the Ivy League School's library since 2013. Abraham Lincoln's famous speech was first delivered in 1863. Wayne told College Fix in an interview that he frequently visited the library and had noticed several weeks ago both the bust and plaque were no longer on display. Texas violated a federal anti-discrimination law protecting veterans by refusing to rehire a former state trooper after he was injured in the Iraq war while serving as a U.S. Army reservist, the Supreme Court ruled in a 5-4 decision on June 29th. The Biden administration had previously urged the court to reject the case, but switched sides during oral arguments on June 29th, saying the Texas Court of Appeals aired when it struck down the Uniformed Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act as unconstitutional. The lower court held that Congress lacks the authority under its war powers to authorize veterans to sue states such as Texas that haven't consented to being sued. Passed in 1994, the act requires state and private employers to restore former employees returning from military service to the same position. A newly disabled employee must be given a position of similar status and pay. Petitioner Leroy Torres sued his former employer in Texas in state court in 2017, seeking $5 million, 
Torres served 18 years in the U.S. Army Reserve while employed as a state trooper for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Voters will decide whether abortion should be protected as a state constitutional right after the California Assembly voted 58-16 to to add the issue uh, to the upcoming November ballot. Senate Constitutional Amendment 10, authorized by Senate President Pro Tem Tony Atkins, will now go before voters in the general election on November 8th. The amendment, if approved by voters, will expand California's current abortion protections under the Reproductive Privacy Act, which allows women to seek an abortion without prohibition or infringement on privacy. It would additionally enshrine access to abortion into the state's constitution by prohibiting, quote, the state from denying or interfering with an individual's per reproductive freedom in their most intimate decisions, which includes their fundamental right to choose to have an abortion or their fundamental right to refuse or choose contraceptives. Atkins authored the bill in response to the U.S. Supreme Court's June 24th ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade. A court has blocked Louisiana from barring nearly all abortions despite a law that was triggered by the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling last week that overturned Roe v. Wade. Orleans Parish City District Judge Robin Garuso issued a temporary injunction on June 27th after some abortion clinics filed a lawsuit against the state. Garuso scheduled a hearing for the suit on July 8th before the court makes a final ruling on whether the injunction should be upheld, meaning that abortions will remain legal in Louisiana within that time frame. Louisiana and a dozen other states have trigger laws that were designed to ban or significantly reduce abortions once the Supreme Court overturned the 1973 ruling, which determined that women have a constitutional right to obtain the procedure. An analysis says that up to 26 states have laws or will pass laws to restrict the procedure, which many religious groups say is murder and immoral. In other news from the U.S. Supreme Court, they ruled this past Monday in a 6-3 decision that a school district in Washington state violated First Amendment religious freedom protections when it fired high school football coach Joseph Kennedy for leading personal prayers at the 50-yard line after games. The decision is regarded as a victory for religious freedom. In the case, the high court held that the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect an individual engaging in personal religious observance from governmental reprisal. The court also found that the U.S. Constitution neither requires nor allows governments to suppress such religious expression. Coach Joe Kennedy, who no longer works for the taxpayer-funded Bremerton School District in Washington State, claimed his rights were violated when the district forbade him from praying in view of the public after games. The school district argued that when Kennedy prayed midfield after games, he was viewed by onlookers as a coach who was serving as a mentor and role model. In this theory of the case, Kennedy was acting as a government employee at that moment, which would mean that he was engaging in speech that was constituted government speech, which isn't protected by the First Amendment. 
But the majority of Supreme Court justices disagreed with the school district in Kennedy v. Bremerton School District, an appeal from the frequently overturned U.S. Court of Appeals for the 9th District. New Hampshire's Republican Governor Chris Sununa has vetoed a bill that would have made ivermectin available without a prescription. Several states have introduced bills to make human-grade ivermectin available without a prescription at a brick-and-mortar store. Currently, it can be ordered online from another country. In April, Tennessee became the first state to sign such a measure into law. New Hampshire lawmakers were first to introduce the idea. Both chambers of the state's Republican-controlled legislature approved the bill. In a statement explaining the veto, Sununa has noted that there were only four other controlled medications available without a prescription in New Hampshire, and that each were only made available after, quote, rigorous reviews and vetting to ensure, unquote, before being dispensed. In a further statement, he said, quote, patients should always consult their doctors before taking medications so that they are fully aware of treatment options and potential unintended consequences of taking a medication that may limit other treatment options in the future, unquote. And four people have now been arrested in connection with the people smuggling operation that resulted in the deaths of 53 people in the back of a sweltering semi-trailer near America's southern border, according to the Department of Justice. 45-year-old Homero Zamorano was charged on Wednesday with one count of alleged alien smuggling resulting in death, and Christian Martinez, age 28, was charged with one count of alleged conspiracy to transport illegal aliens resulting in death. If convicted of crimes, both Zamorano and Martinez would face up to life in prison or possibly the death penalty. Zamorano was identified as the truck's driver after Laredo Sector Border Patrol provided Homeland Security Investigations agents with surveillance footage of the truck driving through an immigration checkpoint. In a statement from the DOJ, they said, quote, The driver could be seen wearing a black shirt with stripes and a hat. HSI agents confirmed Zamorano matched the individual from the surveillance footage and was wearing the same clothing. Unquote. Meanwhile, a Texas court hearing has heard that authorities identified Martinez by investigating cell phone communications he had with Zamorano about the smuggling operation. The number of deceased individuals from the attempted people smuggling operation was increased to 53 since it was discovered on Monday. Welcome back into the Matthew Rocky Show for this week of June 27th. Let's take a look at this week in history, uh, heading back to Monday, June the 27th. A few notes. First of all, back in 1844, Mormon founder and leader Joseph Smith, along with his brother, were killed by a mob in Illinois. 1880, in Alabama, author and lecturer Helen Keller was born uh, born and lived most of her life without sight or hearing, as you may recall. Also from uh, Monday in 
1974, President Richard Nixon opened an official visit to the Soviet Union, and it was in 1991 that Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, the first black jurist to sit on the nation's highest court, announced his retirement. He would be seceded by Clarence Thomas. And jumping to Tuesday, the 28th, a few notes. First of all, it was in 1838 that Britain's Queen Victoria was crowned in Westminster Abbey. 1863, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln appointed Major General George Meade, the new commander of the Army of the Potomac, following the resignation of Major General Joseph Hooker. In 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his wife Sophie were shot to death in Sarajevo. That was an act that helped spark World War I. One other note from Tuesday the 28th, 1919, the Treaty of Versailles was signed in France, ending the First World War also on that day, June the 28th. Jumping to Wednesday, 1776, the Virginia State Constitution was adopted and Patrick Henry was made governor. 1927, the first Trans-Pacific Airplane Flight was completed as U.S. Army Air Corps Lieutenant Lester Maitland and Lieutenant Albert Hagenberger arrived at Wheeler Field in Hawaii aboard the Bird of Paradise having flown from Oakland, California, in 25 hours and 50 minutes. That's an incredibly long time. Uh, considering now you can do that flight in around five hours or so. Wow. All right, for Thursday, a few notes to mention. 1921, President Warren Harding nominated former President William Howard Taft to be Chief Justice of the United States, succeeding the late Edward Douglas White. In 1958, the U.S. Senate passed the Alaska Statehood Bill by a vote of 64 to 20. And then for today, it was on this July the 1st, hard to believe we are already into a new month. A few notes to mention. First of all, Canada in 1867 uh, became a self-governing dominion of Great Britain as the British North American Act took effect. Also from the 1800s, a few years prior in 1863, the pivotal three-day Civil War Battle of Gettysburg resulting in a Union victory began in Pennsylvania. And final two notes to mention. 1963, 100 years later, the U.S. Post Office inaugurated its five-digit zip code system. And in 1973, the Drug Enforcement Administration was established. All right, let's look at some unusual stories from around. Jordan Poulter got her Olympic gold medal last year with the U.S. women's volleyball team, and now she's getting it back after it was stolen. Poulter's medal was taken May 25th after her car was broken into in a parking garage in Anaheim, California. 
Detectives later arrested a suspect in the theft, but weren't immediately able to find the missing metal. However, on Monday, that changed. The owners of an Anaheim barbershop reported finding the gold medal in a plastic bag discarded outside their business. They handed it over to the police, and the next move is to get it back into Ponther's hands. Lila wouldn't come out, so Jimmy went in, and so the saga of a missing dog came to a happy end. Lila is a golden retriever who ended up deep inside a culvert pipe in Conklin, New York. Her owner tried to lure her out with cheese and peanut butter. However, she wouldn't come. State trooper Jimmy Rassophone got into the mix and got into the pipe, literally. He made his way about 15 feet under a rural road to get the dog, Lila's owner says the trooper was able to slip a choker around the dog's head and pull Lila out. Both the retriever and the trooper who retrieved her came out soaking wet, but both safe and in good health. A political race in the state of Alabama is literally a pick'em. It's a primary battle for a state Senate seat. And after it was officially ruled a flat-footed tie, the winner will be decided by casting lots according to the state election code. That's right. And we're in 2022. And I just said what you actually heard. The law says the Alabama Secretary of State now takes the resolve to uh, takes over to resolve the tie. The news release from the Alabama Republican Party didn't say when a winner will be picked at this point. All right, a few other stories as we wrap things up for this week. Snakes on a farm. I hate snakes. Um, yeah, absolutely hate snakes. But anyways, uh, it's not a movie sequel or a prequel or whatever. It's an actual plot to a real-life drama that's happening in Germany. Police say they found more than 110 dangerous snakes being kept on a farm after a woman living there sought medical treatment for a bite. A 35-year-old woman drove herself to the hospital and doctors told her a rattlesnake had nipped her. Uh, well, the doctors thought they would find an antidote and while they did, they informed the police who visited the farm and found dozens of other poisonous constrictors and snakes. Uh, they were all impounded as a result. For most people, seeing a raccoon coming your way means, well, you go the other way. But authorities in New York State say a couple faces fines because they, well, took the raccoon uh, with them and went to a pet store to find food for it. Uh, well, they couldn't find any, as raccoons are often considered to be wild beasts, and they often carry and transmit rabies. The couple in Attica, New York, was fined $500. However, the raccoon was tested for rabies, and fortunately, it was found to be negative. So, hey, at least, uh, at least they're okay. Nothing, uh, no harm done in that situation. I uh, remember a while ago uh, having a few different encounters with uh, raccoons. Thankfully, none of them have been uh, majorly problematic, but Certainly, they can be major pests, especially in farming communities. All right, a couple of final things for you as we 
uh, wrap things up. I was feeling bad about the future today, so I went and installed a new version of Microsoft Office, and now that has improved my outlook. My wallet is also like an onion. When I start to open it, <laughs> it makes me cry. And one last one for you. Do you know why you can't play cards with sailors? Well, it's because they're generally standing on the deck. That'll do it for the Matthew Rocky Show for this week. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week right here on the Matthew Rocky Show.